When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I did want to talk about Taylor Hall um, because, as we as we referenced, Zaka gets promoted. I guess you could say to the second line to become the check line to reunite the check line, but Taylor Hall gets pushed back to the third line with Charlie Coyle um, and Nick Foligno, and I just felt like that was. Um, something coach did purposefully to kind of be like, Hey, like you're going to the third line for now for a little bit. I don't know how you guys felt about that. Um, yeah, I think he just needed more from the middle six in general, like, especially in that second period where, like I said earlier, like the Bruins just got sleepy and really seemed to open the door for St. Louis to get back in. So I look at it more as it was just it was time to change something because they weren't generating much that period. Mm-hmm. Um and so, you know, obviously Zacco with Krejci and Pasanak is a combination they've used before. The you know, it is interesting going to the Hall on, on the third line because last year Hall and Coyle didn't have very good chemistry. Their games just didn't really seem to mesh. Um, you know, I don't think we saw really a ton from that line either way. Like they, they, you know, I'm trying to, like, I don't remember any really great chances that they had. I remember a couple shifts where they did possess the puck in the offensive zone. So that's, you know, something, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think that's a line we're going to see longer term. I would expect Hall back with. Krejci and Pasternak next game. Um, but in this game, I think it made sense to try to change something because they sort of needed a, a little bit of a jolt in that second period. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that Hall and Coyle have a ton of chemistry either, but they have they have played a, a decent amount together at this point on the second power play unit, and I think they've kind of... Uh, you know, I think it's maybe a little bit unfair that we we sit here and criticize their lack of chemistry based off of their half a season together last year early on. I mean, I, I don't think there was the greatest situation for them to gain, to gain chemistry. That and also, set- I, we are looking at it in contrast to the great chemistry that he had with Krejci. So, like, we had already mm-hmm. been, like, contrasting yeah. that. Yes. And, and compile that with what Scott just said a few minutes ago. Like, it's not – that's not their intended combination anyway. So – um, not only do they, we don't, it's not, it's all, it's kind of like, we don't really want them to have a ton of chemistry together. Cause we don't really want that to be a combination. Um, but, um, I guess I digress uh, as far as dropping down Taylor hall, you know, I saw an interesting situation in New York recently where the Rangers dropped, uh, you know, clearly a top six, if not top three forward for them, former 50 goal scorer less than a year ago, Chris Kreider down to the fourth line and Gerard Gerlant mentioned uh when asked about it yeah he deserved to be there when dropping him down to the fourth line so 
obviously Gerard Gallant wasn't dropping down Chris Crowder the fourth line for long term, but sometimes it doesn't hurt to just kind of send a little little message to a player over the course of a couple of periods, if not a whole game, like, you know, we need a little bit more. And I think this isn't the first time this year that we, where we've kind of talked about a Bruins game recap where we're like, eh, even in games where you scored, where it's kind of like, eh, Taylor Hall is a little quiet. But he had that goal in the third period, but he was a little quiet. So I, I do think we would like to see Taylor Hall impose his will a, bit, a little bit more and impose his skill set um, and back off people with the speed and kind of just use his, his frame. Um, I have one last one last thing that I wanted to get your opinion on. So at if, at least in the first period, um, this like stuck out to me, but uh, fourth line combination of Frederick Nosek Smith. I feel like that's like the weakest combination they've had the whole year on the fourth line. Like, I think that it, it's like you put all of your guys that are underperforming on the same line and there just was not a lot of um, – I I just felt that it was not working for a lot of the game. Obviously, Frederick got two chances late. Um, but in my mind, it wasn't a line that's like consistently physical. Frederick can be physical, but he hasn't been consistently physical. Um, Nosek can't finish. Frederick hasn't been able to finish – uh, he does today, obviously, and Smith completely snake bitten or or however you want to you know describe Smith's game. So in my mind, I thought it was one of the weakest fourth line combos that they had. I don't know if that's something you guys agree with. Um, I, I mean, in the sense that to your point that like they're underperforming, yes, but also like Frederick and Smith are guys who have you know, had some success on a third line. So in theory, like they, they should be able to handle playing on a fourth line just fine. Um, I was, almost would rather odd game Monday because like they, the, that line just didn't play much. I mean, Smith ended up at 627. Frederick played 837. Like they just run on the ice a lot and they end up, they end up getting the goal in, in the third period uh, to go up th- to make it three to one. So they end up with a, you know, a nice result, but yeah, clearly like that, I don't know, I guess just wasn't a line that Montgomery trusted a lot, planned to use a lot. He really just rode the top three lines, which all ended up pretty close in minutes. And the fourth line kind of was kind of just left to, you know, left to clean up duty to get shifts when, you know, when they actually needed a fourth line. I mean, my uh, my take after what's it been? Twelve games, thirteen games at this point, eleven and two. Um, I think the most effective fourth unit has been the combination of Nosik, Felino, and Lauko. Um, and by the way, Lauko was optioned back to Providence this morning. So yes, exactly. He was he was uh, he was assigned to Providence. But if if I'm being honest, that trio has kind of um, it's they've um they've almost known their respective roles on that line and and therefore they've known their role as a line in general uh, better than any other combo we've seen so far this year. Um, I think when you have Felino, Nosik, and Lauko as a fourth line, 
I think that their third line has been kind of um, – it's been pretty subjective as to what that best combo could be. Uh, injuries to Craig Smith, um, you know, early success from A.J. Greer, flashes from Trent Frederick, and consistent play from Coyle have kind of made it tough to gauge exactly what that best combo should be. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I do feel like maybe – Felino, Lauco, and and and, uh, and Nostek should get a little bit more, more of a look. And I, I and I, you know, maybe you guys can explain to me why Lauco went down. Um, and I know Felino's played well, so they wanted to give him a look and reward him. But you know, if if you're asking me, if if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like you know, you kind of look at the bottom six as one big unit. Like the fourth line doesn't have to be strictly a checking line. They can produce offense too. So. I think if you're asking me, that's been the best fourth line combo this year. But um, obviously, they're tinkering with their toys. It's only November, and uh, maybe you guys can explain why Lavko might have gone down to Providence, and maybe what you guys see from the bottom six combinations so far. Yeah, I I wonder if Lavko got sent down just because maybe they didn't see him playing over the next few games, the next week or so, and so you send him down so he can play in Providence. Um, because they do, they do actually have an extra roster spot now. I guess the other thing, if you want to really be optimistic, is they think they're getting really close to activating McAvoy, and so that that fills out your roster. Because Lauko is definitely the most natural option to send down once McAvoy's activated. Um, they probably go with thirteen forwards and eight defensemen until Fulbert returns, and then you have to make another move on defense, but. Um, yeah, I mean, Lauco can go, go up and down whenever. So that it's always a very easy transaction, but I do still think like he's obviously young enough that if he's not, if he's not going to be in the lineup, at least like every other game, then it's probably better for him to be playing regularly in Providence. Um, you know, and like you still have AJ Greer as a healthy scratch tonight and he's, been pretty good for the most part so he's someone you want to get in the lineup and you know smith's been in and out of the lineup and had some good games had some quiet games obviously i think Tuesday, uh, monday night was was on the quieter side um but yeah it's just it's it's a lot of bodies and loco is just an easy he's been good but i also don't think like he's been he's been so good that he absolutely needs to stay in the lineup type thing um, you know, so like I said, he's he's an easy one to send down, and he can probably benefit from playing down in Providence. Uh, you know, getting big minutes, all situations, all that. I think one thing that's important for Bruins fans to remember throughout the as the season goes along is to not not so much harp on um what you what you want the perfect combination to be uh here in november and december again it's all about uh it's all about working towards april working towards may figuring out who's who's going at the right times and what combinations make the most sense come april right i mean up until then it's just a it's a plug and play you know it's lines could lines could look really good in november but uh or they could look really bad but again it's just about kind of gaining enough points in the standings throughout the regular season and once we get past you know once we get into march i think that's a really good time to start judging 
all right, what do we really want our lines to be? Until then, there's different reasons to send certain guys up, certain guys down, um, as Scott kind of alluded to with Loco and others and McAvoy on his way back. So um, while it's fun to kind of discuss the perfect combinations right now, it, it's really not realistic to try to um, anticipate certain combos being together all year long. It's just not realistic. So uh, Yeah, and, and part of it is we're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Someone's probably going to get traded at some point soon when McAvoy comes back. So you might have to reevaluate the situation with the lines at that point in time anyway. Or more accurately at this point, probably when Forbert comes back, they got that extra time built in by true, you know, by him getting hurt. True. And he's still what four weeks out about at least. Yeah. Yeah. So that does give them a little bit more time, but nonetheless, um, they will we'll have to reevaluate at that point. Um, is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about from the game? Okay. Well, Bridget, I uh, you know, they have um they have Calgary coming up on Thursday and they have the Sabres coming up on Saturday. Um, so a couple big tests. Obviously, Calgary is a good team in general, and Buffalo's playing really well so far this year, 